Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. And apologies for the tech issues that occurred last Friday. If you were waiting around for me and Obi, it never came. And some of those gremlins have hung around, including for today. So we're five minutes late starting this, which is, but I'm so glad the tech seems to have ironed itself out because I think it's fair to say that the man who's on the, on the show today is uh, a fan favorite, I think, like oft requested uh, someone who's been. Uh, Stirring the pot in all the right ways, including recent Uzo back on the show. You'll see from the titles uh, that we're going to get stuck into another of his favourite topics. He was on the show uh, a couple of months back, um, talking about not you know adjacent things about about rehab, uh, but but certainly more about sort of the uh, mistaken accumulation of advanced practice skills without considering rehab to be an advanced practice discipline. Um, and he's making a case now about the you know, a profession-wide issue that could occur um if we if we don't get his act together and so it was just really pleasing to get him on um because he posted a blog on bjsm's platform uh, which certainly got chins wagging and so as long as my final click of a couple of buttons mean that the tech is working as i've just bragged about then uzo can hopefully hear me Are you there mate i could hear you hi how you doing brilliant right well yeah that we cut that fine i'm sorry about the the rushing around there mate that's okay so tell me tell me a little bit about um because obviously we don't need to go all the way back because we've kind of covered it a bit on this show and, and, and obviously um, much of the audience will have paid attention to to some of the similar sorts of uh, things that you've been talking about in recent years. But tell me about this piece and what motivated you to write it. Okay, so um, yeah, so the BJSM blog. Um, mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a um, MSc at the moment in um, strength and conditioning. Um, and I started that about three years ago. And, you know, when I started it, I felt that I knew a reasonable amount about exercise prescription and so on. Um, and really, I guess fundamentally, I was sort of frustrated by um, by the fact that we were being told as a profession um, how to deliver exercise by people who weren't necessarily uh, within the profession per se, which is not a huge problem, but I think we were just following things uh, because it was trending. Um, so I said, okay, so let's find out what these guys do, um, and also girls as well, um, and and let's try and understand it from their perspective so I could sort of make sense of it. Um, now, I, I already had a sports science degree uh, from previous, and I'd been a personal trainer. Um, and after my first year, quite frankly, I felt like a bit of a fraud, really, um, as far as exercise prescription was concerned. Oh, no, no, I, I really did. I, I really actually felt like a fraud because, you know, when I'd done my um, applied sports science degree um, years ago, um, which, which was before really the, the strength and conditioning profession um, really um, became to what it is now, um, there wasn't loads of literature. There wasn't a lot of people doing things. Um, and it was a really new, it was a really new profession. Um, and, and as I say, I, I just, what I realised was, how much more there was to it this idea of exercise prescription and bearing in mind you know uh, we are a profession that you know fundamentally you know uses exercise um as 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 really one of its main pieces one of its main if you like management tools and it just sort of struck me that you know as a profession we use exercise um but actually we know fundamentally 
so little about um you know biomechanics uh, about training um about um exercise training science even things even fundamental things jack such as uh, skill acquisition okay you know um the snc profession that they go into skill acquisition in huge amounts of detail and actually i could take myself back to the very first lecture we had um right at the start of my first year it was it was about it was called movement and i thought okay i'm a physiotherapist i know a lot about this <laughs> i'll be okay zone, yeah? right. actually actually well actually actually right. a, a lot of the concepts they were talking about and, and and a lot of the theoretical underpinning um i had no idea you know no idea whatsoever and actually i was quite ashamed really um bearing in mind we are supposedly meant to be the exercise and movement professionals and we use movement all the time you know and i put this to the audience you know how much skill acquisition did you cover at, at undergrad because if you were like me it was very little we covered we covered a bit in neuro but then really in msk it was nothing and and even you know i did my msc um later on in physiotherapy again skill acquisition not we didn't cover it at all and i can't imagine that it's changed very much with the push for um a more diagnostic based um postgraduate education um and and it just it, it just sort of made me think really you know it's uh, how can we not value this um when it's so important for what we do um as you know uh, healthcare professionals and such like so that's what motivated it in essence mm, no that's, that's brilliant and great coverage of, of some of the key themes then of the, of the piece i think because you know and the audience knows that that me and you are fairly well aligned with regards to our frustrations on complacency a word that you actually wrote up in the piece a couple of times where i think there has been a degree of complacency in our profession and our industry to, to not necessarily recognize the expertise that can be that, that is in snc and that therefore you're almost trying to there's been this retrospective bolting on of some of the easier concepts almost or inferring that actually those are what are bolstering our, our modalities yeah. um, and so i i agree with that i think what, one of the the arguments i would mm. try and put there though partly as devil's advocate but also some of which i i would agree with is that some of the specificity and this isn't necessarily a critique of the piece but i think in, in snc terms i think that what is powering some of your argument in the piece is that the specificity that they bring to bear in a sporting context and in a in, a, in what you're trying to do to to strengthen and condition bodies is not necessarily something in msk we've come to recognize is necessary always to help people with their pain and so the complacency that sometimes can occur where we play fast and loose with those principles. I would mm -hmm. say that sometimes though, the specificity mm -hmm. isn't necessary and therefore wouldn't add more. And then we tend to lean into sort of communication skills mm -hmm. and general, more generalized management and pacing strategy. Would you say that that's, a, that's fair? Or do you think actually we should be more specific all the time? Yeah. No, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all, not at all. And and you know anyone anyone who knows me and anyone who works with me, um, they know that actually there are. I've said so many times before, not every patient requires an exercise solution. 
Right, yeah. Now, and and whether that's a general exit, and whether that's a general exercise exercise solution or a more specific exercise solution, yeah, not every patient right. requires that. Um, and certainly, my own practice, um, you know, I can think of times where actually, I just talk, I just talk with the patient. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so there isn't a need. Uh, I'm not going one way or the other. But what I am saying is, you know, okay. It, if we are talking about rehabilitation in the round, okay, yeah. then, you know, why wouldn't it be appropriate for us to have a, a reasonable understanding of um, some of the underpinnings around skill acquisition, okay, for mm. us to use movement as a as a treatment modality? Why wouldn't it be appropriate for us to have an underpinning of um, the role that language plays within um, skill acquisition? Yeah. Mm. Uh, why wouldn't it be appropriate for us to have a to, ha to have a practical, sensible, practical underpinning around biomechanics? You know. Okay. So, you know, how many of us are able to really apply? Okay, this principle of lever arms with our exercise prescription really able to really able to do it because we we can all go back to you know um, biomechanics and movement one hundred and one in our undergrad where we covered levers and mechanics. That was forgotten for mm -hmm. most of us forgotten you know and that was me included yeah up, up until a couple of years ago you know I, I'm, I'm no different here um you know why is it not important to have an awareness of you know um physiology you know but physiology as it relates to the key organ of the body that we seem to want to influence all the time and and coming back to this idea of strength and conditioning the problem with it is everyone seems to forget everything else associated with strength and conditioning everyone just assumes it's about getting people stronger sure. yeah and it's about lifting weights and it's about olympic weightlifting no it's not you know um you know some of these key underpinnings okay they underpin movement full stop right yeah so the principles, it's, it's yeah, yeah, the full principles stop. apply yeah broadly. yeah absolutely and it's and i think what happens is is people get sort of people get stuck with the strength bit yes it's important <laughs> but actually there's much more to it um you know you, yeah. you still got to you still got to have things, one of the things i want to ask just cuz as you're saying that i'm kind of just on a personal level because because like we we don't we, we've not worked together clinically. Obviously, we know and we're colleagues when it comes to being educators and stuff, and we're getting to know each other more and more, including conversations that include like this one where it's quite immersive when it's live. But also, like I do associate you as being like, a, a, you know, a, an exercise nut in a way, like the the, the, you know, the inspirational commando that I know, right? You 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 beast yourself, you you hold high standards for yourself physically. And so, therefore, do you think that people make the association that you therefore have an exercise solution, or would infer that there's an exercise solution for? Yeah, no. I, I, like, I do think, you get stereotyped that way? Yeah, I think they do. No, no, no. I, I think they do. I mean, my colleagues who I work with in the NHS know that it's not me at all. Sure. Actually, um, you know, I, you know, I post things every now and again. They're a little bit controversial, but but not rude. But but certainly, it's it's to make people think, you know. And I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues on, on Friday. A, a little bit of context. Okay, um, I've posted. I think I posted a video. Uh, one of my patients um, has uh, multi-directional instability. Uh, we've yeah. been working with her for several months. Um, and 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 my point here is that actually it's about being multimodal. 
Yeah, it's about having, and some people dislike this phrase, okay? Right. Things in your toolbox. Well, actually, yeah. I, I sort of think you need sharpened tools in your toolbox, whether it's using tape, whether it's using, um, you know, electrotherapy, whether it's using exercise, whether it's using communicative, um, you know, modes. And, and, and so, like, I, what I think is going to help that patient to get to where it is they need to get to. And normally, um, you know, uh, and normally there's a, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, a chat between myself and the patient. So it is about some hybrid of shared decision making. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, people normally associate me with, you know, there's an exercise solution, but I've said it countless times before, not every patient requires an exercise solution. Yeah, um, I think that's what's that's what's interesting though, because when, when it comes to, especially often in our own time, we're, we're often sharing um, sharing some of this stuff. There's a, there's a professional and there's a personal overlapping, isn't there? You know, there's always a professional. Yeah, of course there is. We're always coming across professionally and within the scope of what that word means. But generally, when it comes to the personal stuff, is that people do start to pay attention to the fact that what what is it we're interested in? What is it we happen to be doing with our bodies in the weekends and stuff? So I think that's one of the reasons I think yeah. people will associate exercise with you so strongly. Um, what do you what do you think of the because that complacency word is one that I use an awful lot. Like what mm. what do you, what do you fear? I guess, I guess, you know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but when I read that and I know you and I know your opinions on this, I sense this sort of like a bit of urgency. Like you seem to be fearing a little bit of what could be if this complacency continues to set. Can you just describe to me what it is you maybe are fearing for the future if we don't take heed of what you're advising? Well, I, hmm. Um, do I fear for the future? Um, I don't. I think it's really important for me to put it out there. I don't fear from a complete from a protectionist perspective, and the reason why I put this out here, this is to all the graduate sports therapists um, who I may have upset with this piece, yeah, because right. I didn't refer to them because I spent most of last week um, replying to people and just trying to say, look actually this wasn't it wasn't about protectionism okay for the physiotherapy profession and excluding everybody else no 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 not not at all it was really saying the physiotherapy profession needed to pull its socks up because actually it needed to up its game because there were because there are because there are associations such as graduate sports physiotherapists so such as graduate sports therapists who are doing an absolute sterling job yeah so you know to a certain extent the fact that i didn't refer to you you know it might sound like a backhanded compliment but it was a compliment because actually because your initial training is is very much geared towards their overlap and also athletic trainers as well so i, I put it out there it's not about protectionism but i do fear that actually because it, it, it's you know it, it, it's not just the physiotherapy profession who should who should be able to work with you know these individuals and should be able to you know deliver you know high quality exercise exercise based uh, a prescription um but at the moment we don't do it very well um and so actually you know there's a good you know there's a chance there's a chance that actually we will be we will be pigeonholed into this diagnostic remit if you like where we, we seem to be merging towards um and actually and, and we'll end up losing we'll end up losing um 
you know, quite a lot of our skills. Bearing in mind, exercise is a core skill, um, you know, according to the child side of physiotherapy, and I think it is. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's probably where I'm going, but it's not because of protection. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that. And I, I think uh, it can be red rag to a bull sometimes, can't it, when there's, there's people think it's ominous that there's an omission, whereas that, yes. you know, I don't, I didn't... I know you know to know that there was as if you were you were sort of being really uh, narrowly focused on it. I think what's intriguing to me was that you make suggestions in the piece about. I've heard much of the argument, but I hadn't necessarily heard Uzo's take on what some of the solutions would look like. And I think you were in our advanced practice sort of and, and aspirations in a physio's career but and, and also in your physios at higher education you know you, you sort of yeah. have them plus education where they could aspire to what would be considered as advanced practice reasoning within that which would integrate strength and conditioning principle that seems to be where you feel it's at so that people can recognize that they don't that there's, there's, there's actually a long way that they could go rather than it being of what they could yeah. achieve in physio and therefore they go into these sort of bolt-on advanced practice skills. Am I understanding that correctly? Indeed. Yeah, no, no, you're understanding that perfectly well. Um, it's a rite of passage. Postgraduate education is a rite of passage, okay, for medics. Yeah, it's a rite of passage pretty much, okay, for um, strength and conditioning professionals. Rite of passage. Yeah, but it just seems to be in our game, right, you know, if you're interested in taking a, a rehabilitation-based approach, okay, well, postgraduate education, it's not really emphasized, you know, fundamentally, whereas actually what we see is uh, in terms of postgraduate education, um, you know, it's a must if you want to go into a diagnostic role. And in fact, I'll go, I'll even go a step further. Um, if you want to go into a diagnostic role, um, then there are set competencies yeah okay they are competencies which are based upon you know um a a orthopedic registrar's training fundamentally in the outpatient setting mm -hmm. but you know where's our core rehabilitation competencies uh, and this is the problem isn't it because mm -hmm. the assumption is once you've qualified yeah and you've moved into outpatients and you've quote unquote specialized well that's it right. that's it you know, there's no requirement, if you want, if you like, um, to do any postgrad education, formal postgrad education, um, dare I say. Um, and and actually, it's 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 kind of it's sort of silly, really, because we would expect that standard for people working in diagnostics, yeah, but mm -hmm. we wouldn't expect that standard for people working in rehabilitation. What does it say? It yeah. says that actually the value around rehabilitation is probably not as great. And if it is as great, then what it means is it's almost like, well, yeah, you've got to be working at a slightly higher level to be in a diagnostic clinic. Mm. But you don't have to be working at that level to be, you know, to be delivering advanced practice in rehabilitation. Yeah. You know, and I'll give you, you know, and I'll give you a simple example. You know, um, let's just look at let's look at agility. Yeah, you have a you you have a patient, okay, who you're taking through their rehab, um, you know, they're post surgical, and they want to go back to an invasion sport. Say, for example, recreational invasion sport, okay, football, rugby, whatever. Maybe even it's tennis, okay. 
Our problem here is when we talk about the, oh, at the late stage of rehab, we should be doing some agility training. Everybody would agree with that. <laughs> but actually, yeah, most people will reach for the agility ladders as if that was enough. Whereas actually, if you think about it, when you, when you look at it, it's like, well, what we're actually talking about is change of direction ability or change of direction speed which means that you need to have some biomechanics to underpin that so you need to understand a little bit about that you need to understand some of the training sites you need to understand what it is you're dealing with and i think actually unless you are unless you've done that post-grad education okay you wouldn't be able to i always think that use that effectively it's this it's this is what's interesting is that i've not I think partly I'll admit my bias sometimes, sometimes a lot of the time is against sort of formalized higher education. I sort of fell out with it quite a while ago, not for necessarily really poor personal experiences, but some of that, but it was mainly, it was mainly just me yeah. sort of losing faith with the sort of the reasoning and rehabilitation, which, you know, I saw, saw core to my heart. It was like, just felt like it was moving away from that. And, and I just didn't need to, Jump, I didn't need to be on that treadmill, especially with the independence that I hold. And therefore, what yeah. I've done is I'd heard your points that you'd always made about career progression and stuff. And then I'd fall, I'd wrongly not then associated that if you were to try to develop those advanced practice rehabilitation roles and things, and I've got colleagues that have really tried to carve that, that out. So people like Tom Flanagan mm. and stuff have made that case and they're yeah. always, you know, using that. But that, that makes sense in sort of career, um, sort of internal competency infrastructure. But then Actually, yeah, if you don't have that, uh, you know, those those credible ways in which you could aspire to higher education, like codified education, rather than sort of the education that we, we often, we're, we're sort of central to providing that CPD stuff, which is obviously less, mm -hmm. less uh, accredited. I think that that's a, that's a really interesting point I haven't really, really thought of. I suppose one of the, one of the things I wonder is, has that horse bolted a little bit? Like our, uh, our clinical lead here at Choose Health has a MSC, as, as you're getting in, in SNC. So they've ended up having to go extra professionally, almost like it's it was that their their career goals as well yeah. as their education goals have ended up being in a direction that the 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 profession can't provide. Therefore, that sidestep obviously it's great to bring other things in, but interestingly, you're making a case that actually, you know, having having that proper linkage to MSK practice, you, you feel a bit be more appropriate. Do you think that that would have been attractive for you? And you wouldn't have gone to do an MSc masters. Do you think you would have done sort of a, a you know, advanced advanced MSK rehabilitation masters modules and, and the like? And uh, I just wondered. I struggle yeah. to think. I'm admitting to you. I struggle to think in this direction because I just don't. I don't look to those yeah. things these, these days. But where's your head at with that? Yeah. No. I, I probably would have. Look. I, I probably would have. And and I think this is the tension, isn't it? You know, our tension at the moment is so people will often um, approach me and say, you know, um, what course should I do? Um, I, uh, I'm interested in SNC. I'm interested in, well, no, actually what they'll say is I'm interested in rehabilitation. And they'll say, you know, what sort of course should I do? And I'm always very reticent to say, go and do that course in, uh, or, or, go and do, or go and do this MNC, MSC, because what I've actually found myself is, so I did, I did an MSC in neuromusculoskeletal physiotherapy okay and and that was really helpful for me because it gave me my basic grounding 
around clinical reasoning um, and around the general and around the generality, if you like, of musculoskeletal health. And I really needed that. Yeah, right. some people don't, but I really needed that mm. to you know to really have a really good framework so I could use different things. But in what I found was that, oh, exercise and rehabilitation mm, didn't really prepare me very well from an mm. exercise training perspective. So when I then decided that, okay, I, I needed to do something else, people said, well, you know, why don't you do a PhD? I said, well, there's nothing I'm really interested in. But actually I would like to really take my rehabilitation skills to another level so then i started looking into snc and the difficulty with the snc with, with most of the snc courses and this is where it's a problem as a profession is that the snc courses fundamentally are all about performance the vast majority of them some will have um a if you like injury slant or bias to it but it's really about performance so what i then had to do was i then had to find the links which in a way from an educational perspective was very good because it meant I had to understand their stuff, I had to understand their stuff, and I had to then try to apply it to a physiotherapy and a patient-related, um, if you like, setting. So it was very good from a learning perspective in terms of immersing myself. But, and this is the big but, the big but is this, if you, and this is a personal opinion, if you went straight into it and you didn't have a good grounding in neuromusculoskeletal physiotherapy, I think it could be a lot of people's undoing because everything would look like an exercise solution. Everything would find you, the, the problem with it is, is because it's so, because it's exercise based and it's training based and so on. Mm. The chances are, is that if you didn't have that essential underpinning of from, from neuromusculoskeletal physiotherapy and because it's so performance based, it, most things could finish with an exercise-based solution, and and and, and, and that's and, to, to mechanical. Yeah, absolutely, ab absolutely, right. absolutely. And this is why I think we need our own, if you like, or mm. and even if it's not our own, we take it. We can take it from. We can take it from other sources. Yeah, and this might be a quite a nice way to collaborate nicely with the graduate exercise therapists um, and the athletic trainers. Is you know, we get these core competencies in what does really good rehabilitation look like? And I don't want people to get confused with, oh, I'm talking about the high end stuff. Because look, you know, <laughs> an understanding of biomechanics is essential if you want someone to sit to stand. Yeah. And if you want to be able to have the flexibility Okay, to, to to be able to change things and to mold things and to change training programs based upon what the client needs, then again, you know, an understanding of muscle physiology and training science actually could be really, really helpful. Mm. Yeah, because it's the ability to be able to take things from different places and apply it. The same with skill acquisition. You know, if you're getting out of a chair, how might you change that? How might you modify that? How might you use, you know, skill acquisition and, you know, more, if you like, movement, movement related, um, you know, movement related ideas to change that patient's experience? Yeah, because that's, that that's, that's definitely a thing that I've been really aware of in recent years is this the ability to understand 
and I didn't realize I was doing it until I got it flagged when someone was shadowing me is that the ability to understand biomechanics enough to, to know the real relevant differences of what you're asking of different body parts and the forces you're distributing across someone's body when they deadlift versus when they squat. When those are blended movements, right? There, there, there are in between. You get someone deadlifting in a trap bar, it looks more like a squat than a deadlift, depending on how you cue it or and how they organize themselves if you just give them the task to do. And those things don't matter until they matter. Like in some some cases, it's just functional exposure, fine. But then in Absolutely. some cases, it's really relevant and it's more comfortable for them to do that. Or there's a confidence that gets built from them being able to see that and to work on that hip hinge or, or vice yeah. versa. And I think that that's the, that's where the specificity is relevant. And I think that that's where that complacency sets in when people think it never is, um, which I think is fascinating. Now, the, the, the signal has been a bit unstable at times, and therefore I've not drawn on some of the comments. Thank you to Dan, Stacey, Joe, et cetera, that have posted some comments. And I've got one that, one that I feel like I can't, I can't skip past, and then we'll have to leave it there, Uzo, because I'm, I'm Nicky Mori at the time than, than I'm doing. That's, that's no problem. Um, My lunch break comes to an end. Right, yeah, cool. No, you, you get yourself off. Yeah, just, just to finish, if you could. If, if, if you, is it that you'd like to see rehab defined and measured specifically differently to say those of a sports therapist? No, not really. So you're, you're, you're kind no, of... I don't think so, no. no not don't really, you, no. you don't necessarily oppose MSKR's point about the fact that no. the MSK professions typically yeah. need to be... Yeah. So no, 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 no. Absolutely. No, no. Absolutely not. I mean, that would, be fool that would be foolish on my part to say something like that because it doesn't make any sense at all. Because... <laughs> no, no, no. It, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't make any sense at all. You know, I, I think... You know, the whole point of the blog was, was really to to try to get across to people that what I think is we've been paternalistic to the medical profession. Okay. Since, since our beginnings. Okay. Mm. World war, world war one was the start of the physiotherapy profession. Okay. The best thing that we could, that, that we could have done back then was to align ourselves with the medical profession. Why? Because it gave us credibility and it also gave us authority. But my, my, if you like the tenant of my argument is that, because of that, okay, what we've done is we've effectively dropped our, we've basically dropped our game in as much as, okay, we always thought we were going to be the people who would be the exercise leaders. And actually, you know, all these different groups are coming in, graduate sports therapists, athletic trainers, um, strength and conditioning professionals, they're now coming in and actually they're bypassing us as a profession. Yeah. Why? The ex exercise physiologists as well on the on the most physiological sports Indeed. stuff. Like, you know, there are Indeed. a few out there. And we need to, yeah, let's up our game. I mean, I'm, I'm well up for that. That's message. all it is. That's it. That, I love that. And I love that call to arms. So, yeah, thanks so much as ever for your time. Really appreciate it. Now, I do want to correct you on one thing, though. When people ask you what course you should have gone, et cetera, you should be an answering instinctively you should just attend Therapy Live, which, of course, you will be, you will be speaking at in a month's time. And so that should be on the tip of your tongue. So of course it should be. Told. Of uh, course Uzo, it should be. And, and, and that, following that, I imagine, I know you'll, you'll stir the pot a bit, you're speaking on another one of your passions, aren't you? Uh, yeah, about climbing, actually. Um, I, I don't think we've yet confirmed the title, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's going to be around uh, rehabilitation and um, how to make how to make That's sense of that climate. That's probably someone chasing up, so let, let's Indeed. go with that. Thanks a lot, mate. Take no care. Worries. Cheers. Mate. <laughs>